take a look at that as I read. Why don't you just read along with me? Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Let's read. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let's look at Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 through 25. And let's read those also. I hope we can, she can put them up. Verse 23, let's read. Ready? Read. Jesus was going throughout all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. Verse 24, the news about him spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all who were ill, those suffering with various kinds of diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Large crowds followed him from Galilee and Decapolis and Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. Let me pray. Father, today, God, we just ask that you will release the kingdom of God in this city. It is good news, and as Jesus came preaching and proclaiming the kingdom of God, that it will be released in our lives, it will be released in this city, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. How many of you enjoyed the guest speaker that we had last week? Anybody remember? We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Let's do that again. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I think my arm is, <laughs> is being healed in Jesus' name. You know, the amazing thing about a guest speaker is sometimes you can, you know, you notice we don't kind of tell you well, beforehand that we're having a guest speaker. But when a guest speaker does come in, there is something that when you guys come, you seem to come expecting something. Now, I don't know why that is. We don't come every Sunday and expect something. But there's times where when a guest speaker's coming and we got something going on, they're like, oh, they, they're going to have a guest speaker. I wonder what his gifting is. I wonder what his anointing is. And you come expecting. Unlike some days when you come and you just say, well, you know, pastor's there and pastor didn't preach too good today. He must have been tired or not feeling well or stayed up too late last night or, or, or something was taking place there. And a lot of times we, we don't come expecting. I believe that today that this message is anointed. And I believe today that if you will get your expectant, expectancies out, your expectation of receiving something from God this morning... It can be like there's a guest speaker in the house. Amen? I know that, that, that God wants us to begin to draw that anointing that He has out of His Word. And I want you to begin to draw that anointing from, from me today as I just submit myself to the Lord. You know, how many of you know that the word gospel means good news? Say good news. And in the Bible, you can also see that word gospel, that good news, also is glad tidings. But it means good news. Turn to your neighbor and say good news. Turn to your other neighbor and say good news. The only gospel that Jesus preached was the gospel of the kingdom of God. The only gospel that the 12 disciples preached was the gospel of the kingdom of God. The only gospel, the only good news that the 70 disciples and we were sent out, preached, was the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now you need to understand that at this time in Matthew chapter 4, verses 17 and 23 through 25, at this time, Jesus had not gone to the cross. Jesus had not died. He had not raised again. He wasn't seated at the right hand of the Father. 
So they weren't preaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, because Jesus was still on the earth. Do you get that? Is that foundational truth established? So if you get it, say, I got it. Okay, so we begin to look at that, and we begin to realize and understand that it, 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 it's good to preach the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ. I'm not saying that's not what we're to preach. But a lot of times we'll take a doctrine and we'll just wrap everything about it, and that's all we'll preach, and we won't preach about the kingdom of God. Jesus is the foundation in the kingdom of God. Let me put it to you that way. Jesus is the foundation of the kingdom. Without Jesus, there would not be this kingdom of God that he talks about. There would not be this good news about the kingdom that Jesus came proclaiming, declaring, announcing, heralding would be another word, that it's the good news of the kingdom. See, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. How many of you know Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil? You can find that in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. See, Jesus is the foundation. Say foundation. Say it again. Jesus is the foundation. Without Jesus being the foundation, we don't have the kingdom of God and we cannot operate in the kingdom of God without Jesus. Come on, somebody. All basis of him being slain, the Bible says he was slain at the foundation of the earth. So Jesus is the foundation of the kingdom of God. Say that with me. Jesus is the foundation of the kingdom of God. Again. Jesus is the foundation of the kingdom of God. Jesus is the foundation. The gospel of Jesus Christ is in the kingdom. See, there are some people who say, well, you know, wait a minute. He, he taught about the good news of Christ, and you see that in the New Testament. But that's the foundation of the kingdom, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The reason Jesus died and to once again was raised from the dead was to establish God's reign and God's rule in the earth. I want you to write that down. I want you to write this down. The reason that Jesus died and once again was raised from the dead was to establish God's reign in the earth. He was to establish God's reign in the earth. See, some 4,000 years, Satan... The devil had the authority, but I'm here to tell you today that if you'll hear the word of God and you'll understand what he was saying, when Jesus came in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, he announced that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Is that what your Bible says? Say that. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Say it again. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. One more time. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was announcing, he was declaring the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We've been waiting 4,000 years for something to happen. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes on the scene and he says, Repent and be baptized for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This declaration that Jesus was making, he was announcing that it was the beginning of the end of Satan's reign. Oh, come on, somebody. That's good news. Amen. It was the beginning of the end of Satan's reign. And he was, he was announcing and proclaiming and declaring that, hey, Satan may have, had the, the, may have been the prince in the power of the air. He may have been the god of this world. But things are changing because the kingdom of God is at hand. 
That was his declaration. That was his input. He was declaring that the kingdom of light is now come to overtake the kingdom of darkness. That's good news. Somebody needs to shout hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's good news. I mean, for 4,000 years, they've been waiting for this good news. They've been waiting for something to happen. That's what we've been waiting on. We've been there 6,000 years waiting on something to happen. But I want you to know that we're going to look at it and we're going to say the kingdom of God has come. Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. It's right there. It's within your reach. You can look it up in the Greek. It means it's right there. It's at hand. The kingdom of God. Well, let's look at the condition of the earth before Jesus. Would that be all right? Could I get somebody to... Francisco, could you turn the AC down? I'm up here shivering. <laughs> and some of the and some, some some ladies said, "Amen." Let's look at the kingdom of let's look at the kingdom uh, let's look at the earth before Jesus came. From the time of Adam to the time of Christ, you look at the earth and you begin to see oppression. You see murder, you see death, you see All these different things, and it was because the devil had his reign. It was under control of the devil. Do you all agree with that? Say, I agree. Turn with me, Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And let's look at what the preacher says. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. If you're wondering where that scripture, where that Bible book is, you can go to Psalms and then turn left. Proverbs and then Ecclesiastes. It's the book of the preacher, amen? It's the book of the preacher. We're going to look at what the preacher says in chapter 4. Let's look at verses 1 through 3. Ecclesiastes, everybody getting there? If you're not there, then I guess you can look on the screen. Chapter 4, verse 1. Then I looked again at all the acts of oppression. Acts of oppression. Murder, sin, all those things. This preacher was seeing this. He said, I looked again at all the acts of oppression which were being done under the sun. And behold, I saw the tears of the oppressed and that they had no one to comfort them. No helper, no assistant, no one to help them, no one to comfort them, no one to assist them. And on the side of the oppressors, there was power. But they had no one to comfort them. This preacher saw the injustice. He saw the oppression. He saw the depression. He saw the murder. He saw these things. And he says, on the other side, the oppressor has power. Who do you think the oppressor was at that time? That's right. That's right. Verse 2, so I congratulated the dead who are already dead more than the living who are still living. Basically, he was saying that you're, you're better off dead. But better off than both of them is the one who has never existed, who has never seen the evil activity that is done under the sun. This preacher was saying, It'd be better for you not even to be born and to, than to see what was going on. Than to go through the evil that was taking place. Those living on the earth were so much in slavery. 
They were so much in witchcraft. They were so much in bondage. They were so much in a political system that they couldn't break out of. There was sickness. There was infirmity. There was death. There were murder. There were wars. There were oppression. There were depression. There was disease. And it was all under the control of Satan. Under Satan's control. Satan had the authority. It was under his control. And the preacher began to see this. And see, when you read in the Old Testament, it's not a real fun book. (laughs) When you look at the books that are in the Old Testament, they're not real fun. There was a lot of mean stuff. There was murder. There was rape. There was sin. And and from the very beginning until Genesis chapter 6, we can begin to look at that. And God had decided to eliminate the population on the earth. Somebody needs to thank God for Noah. Noah was a righteous man, willing and obedient. He did what God called him to do. And it wasn't for Noah, you wouldn't be here today. Maybe we get to heaven, amen, we'll just thank God for Noah. We'll see Noah and we'll thank Noah. Let's praise the Lord for Noah, amen. Go ahead and give the Lord some praise for Noah. He is worthy. And in the Old Testament, things got bad. You look at that and things were difficult. The Bible says that there were giants in the earth. They came down, these angels came down and, and, and had sexual relationships with, with, with the, the ladies, the women, the, the, the women on the earth. And their offspring was part human and part demonic. Yeah. And, and God saw that. There was giants, there was violence, there was murder. And it was so corrupt that God sent a flood. Wiped it out and said, let's start all over again. But there was, there was one nation that God calls through a man named Abraham. Say Abraham. There was one nation that God calls through a man named Abraham. Abraham had, had sons, and, and Jacob was his son, Israel and Jacob. Jacob, how many of you know Jacob? There was a dysfunctional family. You think your family's dysfunctional? Jacob had a dysfunctional family. Yeah. A lot of times we think, well, well you know, our family's you know, really dysfunctional. When you look at the Word of God, there was a lot of dysfunctional families. And Jacob's was one. There were some evil things taking place. They sold their brother. These brothers sold them. They sold them to Egypt. And then what happened is they got stuck in Egypt. And then God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. He brought, he was able to bring the Israelites or his chosen people out of Egypt. God gave them the law. And we begin to see in the Old Testament, all throughout history, the violating of the law. They violated the law, they broke the law, they, they, they sinned, they transgressed. They broke the law, they, they were in slavery, out of slavery, in slavery, out of slavery. They broke the law. And they found themselves under the control of, first of all, the Babylonians, then the Assyrians, then the Greeks, and now the Romans. They found themselves under control of somebody else. At the time when Jesus came... They were under the control of the Romans. So the people that God had chosen, they were stiff-necked people. I'm sure that's not you because you're not a stiff-necked person. They were stubborn. They were rebellious. And in Jeremiah, he talks about in, in, in chapter 31, you can write this down, chapter 31, verse 33, he talks about uh, uh, the new covenant that he's established with them and that he's going to put his spirit and the law inside them. This is that nation of Israel. And then by the time Jesus comes, the people who were supposed to be the light of the world. Weren't they supposed to be the light of the world? 
the people who were supposed to be the light of the world, they were supposed to be the head and not the tail, according to Deuteronomy 28. They were supposed to be blessed coming in and, and blessed going out. God said, if you keep my commandments, you'll be blessed in all of these things. God wanted to bless the nation of Israel, and, and he wanted to bring blessing in them. He said, you'll be blessed in the city, you'll be blessed in the field, you'll, you'll be above all nations, and, and you'll, you'll lend to nations, and you won't borrow from any. And the Lord will make you abundantly prosperous, or abound in prosperity. The plan for Israel was that they would be a light to the nations, and the nations would come to the knowledge of God. Let me say that again. The plan of Israel was they would be a light to the nations and all the nations would look to the light and they would come to the knowledge of God. That's what God wanted. He wanted every person to come to the knowledge of God. That's still God's will and from the Old Testament to the New Testament. God's will is that none should perish, but all should come to the knowledge of the Son of Jesus Christ. So when you look at that nation of Israel, you say, wait a minute, they were supposed to be a model but what happened in the Old Testament, they weren't much of a model, were they? You, you begin to look at him and you think, wait a minute. So Jesus comes on the scene and he begins to see that. They're under the control of the Romans. How many of you know that Jesus' death was really a political thing? It was political. They, they, they wanted to kill Jesus because the, the, um, the, the teachers of the law, the leaders in the day, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the teachers of the law. In that day, they had the power. They had the control. And Jesus comes in, and they were more concerned about their position with Rome than they were about the kingdom of God. Because Jesus came in, and he declared, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's right here. The kingdom of God is right here. So they were more concerned about their relationship with Rome than they were about what God was doing. God was bringing in the kingdom of God. He was ushering in the kingdom of God. It was good news that the kingdom of God was here because it's the kingdom of life. It's the kingdom of life that will overtake the kingdom of dark. I know you're oppressed. I know you're depressed. But guess what? I got some good news for you today. The kingdom of God is here and things are going to change. Things are going to shift because the kingdom of God is here. I know it's hopeless, but it doesn't have to be hopeless us any longer because the kingdom of God has arrived. The kingdom of God is at hand. And I'm telling you, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the teachers of the law, the scribes, they did not want the kingdom of God to advance. The devil did not want the kingdom of light to come because it's the only thing that can overtake the kingdom of dark. Somebody give the Lord a mighty shout of praise and a hallelujah or something. So Jesus comes on the scene. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, he comes on the scene. And we begin to see some things. What happened to the religious leaders that day? They couldn't even, they couldn't even take Jesus out themselves. Because according to the Jewish law, they couldn't kill him. And they wanted him killed. So they got a hold of Pontius Pilate. And they said, hey, you know what this guy says? He says he's a king. And at that day and time, you weren't allowed. If you, if you said you were a king, that was blasphemy, one. But there was only one king. You were in rebellion. You were being disrespectful because there was one king and his name was Caesar. So they bring him to the Pontius Pilate and they say, this guy says he's a king. Kill him. Wipe him out. Take care of him because he says he's a king. 
So Jesus comes into the world at this time and He begins to look at the world. And the world is controlled by witchcraft. The world is controlled by paganism. The world is controlled by idolatry. How many of you know they were idol worshipers? Every nation besides the Israeli nation were idol worshipers. And that's not what God wanted. That's not what God's intent. And Jesus saw that. And he saw that the, the world was dark. And he said, I'm coming in the world with my marvelous light. I'm coming in the world with my marvelous light. Because light will always overtake the darkness. Say that. Light will always overtake the darkness. We could turn the lights off in this place. And one of you guys could, could put one little flashlight. And it would light up the place. You, it will always overtake the darkness. And we've got to remember that. Because it's the kingdom of light that will always overtake the kingdom of dark. Amen? Well, let's look at the people of God. What about the people of God at that time? They were sick. They were demonized. They, they, were, they were lost. We look at the people of God and we realize that everywhere Jesus preached, the kingdom of God, healing took place. Come on, somebody. They came to be healed. They came to be delivered. They came to be set free. Even though this Israel nation had a covenant with God that says you won't be sick. That covenant that was made, he said, I'm going to be your Jehovah Rapha. And that literally means in the Hebrew, the Lord that heals thee. They had a covenant with God, but yet they were sick. Come on, somebody. Do you see that? Do you understand that? Under that covenant, it says you're not supposed to be sick. It says you're supposed to be blessed. It says you're supposed to be prosperous. You're the head, not the tail. Above all and not beneath. You're blessed coming in and blessed going out. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. That's the covenant that Israel is under. And Jesus looked at that and says, How come Israel is not under this covenant? How come they're not doing what is under this covenant? Because the kingdom of God now has come and it is at hand. And here is what it is to overtake the kingdom of darkness is the kingdom of light. So we look at that and we realize that and it was revelation to me as I continued to learn and grow and, and begin to, to nurture this thing to say, God, how does this kingdom of God work? How does this kingdom of light work? In Psalms 103, write this down. Just don't turn there, but write it down. Psalms 103.3 says he pardons all our iniquities and he heals all our diseases. And Jesus saw the people and he looks at them and he sees them sick. He sees them broke, busted, and disgusted. He sees them the, the, the demonized. He sees them being heard and, 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 and not able to, to operate the way God wanted them to operate. In fact, the Bible says he sees them as sheep without a shepherd. Right? Y'all remember that scripture? Sheep without a shepherd. And he looked at them. Now, what's sheep without a shepherd? I mean, without a shepherd, the wolves can get to the sheep. You know, the, the bad things can begin to happen. Without a shepherd, you know, the, the wolves will come or the enemy, the devil himself, will be able to come and he'll be able to attack the sheep. And Jesus said, I saw these. They were like sheep without a shepherd. They were hurt. There was all these things going on. They, they were, they were, they, they were, they were demon possessed. They were dealing with sickness and disease and it should not be so. And the Bible says he had compassion on them. He had compassion on them. So into this world, Jesus comes, and he makes this statement. And I believe it's one of the most profound statements in the Bible. And that's Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Repent, 
for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. What's he saying? What's he saying? He's saying that you've been waiting for 4,000 years for God to do something. And God has. And God did. Come on, somebody. We've been waiting for 4,000 years for some God to intervene on the earth. That the earth has just gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. And God, we're waiting on you to intervene. And I'm telling you, God came in the form of Jesus Christ and intervened on the earth. How many of you have had people that you've met that they've talked and they're like, well, why did God do this? They just don't believe in God. And one of the reasons they don't believe in God is because they've been hurt. Tim experienced that with a person out there in Los Angeles that claimed they were an atheist, and the only reason they said they were an atheist is because God had hurt them. They weren't being an atheist because they thought they needed to be an atheist. They just were anti-God. I guess that's what an atheist is. How many of you experienced people that said, why didn't God intervene? How many of you said times yourself, God, why don't you do something? 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 He said, I did. I came, my son, my, my son, I gave my son for you. I brought him to intervene, to, to, to overcome the works and destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Stay with me here today. We're shaking some things today. We're shaking it. He intervened. He sent his son. He was the foundation. Remember, he's the foundation of the kingdom. He sent his son to intervene. And Jesus, what did he say? He said, you know what? The authority that was given to Adam, Adam lost. And Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And I say, you go. Turn to your neighbor and say, you go. You go and make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Casting out demons, raising the dead, speaking with new tongues. Come on, laying hands on the sick, and they recover. And see, what happens is the people that say that, why don't God, why don't you intervene? God, where are you at? God, where are you at? God's going, I've done my work. Where are you at? Where are you at, people of God? We're the people of God, yeah, the people of God, yeah, the people of God, we're the people of God. We need to be the people of God. So God's saying, where are you at? Remember, the unseen man, the unseen of God, lives in the unseen of the man, in the seen, on the seen. It's the unseen to the unseen, on the seen, on the seen. So the Spirit of God dwells within you. The Spirit of God is within you. You born again? Jesus Christ, your Lord and your Savior? Is He just your Savior and He's not your Lord? If Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior, the Spirit of the living God dwells in you. The Bible says that He'll be in you and with you. It's good news, man. This is good news. As I begin to look at this, I keep thinking, God, you've given us the authority. And how's our communication? How do we use this authority? We use it by prayer. Prayer connects us to God. When you quit praying, you've just cut off the phone line. Satellite has been moved. (laughs) Whatever it might be, your your line has been, your your dish has been, you know, moved to a different different channel or something. I don't know about all that technical stuff like Eli does. 
But we've run into people and that, that have said, you know, God's hurt them. But you know what? God's done something. And they don't know. They don't know from the time of Adam that Adam lost it. They don't know from the time of Adam to the time of Jesus Christ that Jesus got it back. How many of you know it was a man that lost it? And it was a man that had to get it back. Come on, man. A man lost it, but it took a man to get it back. That's what the Bible tells us. It tells us that he was, in John, that he was what? That he was the Word made flesh. And he came and dwelt among us. He didn't sin. He was born of a virgin Mary. <laughs> he was born of Mary the virgin. I don't want people thinking, you know, he was born in, you know, that ship Virgin Mary or whatever that ship is out in San Francisco. Hey, pastor just said he was born in San Francisco on that ship. He was a man. He did not sin. The Bible said he became sin. He didn't sin. He became sin. And he got it back. He got it back at the cross. He got it back on the death, burial, and resurrection. So the kingdom is advancing. Your prayer is this. Your prayer is the right to exercise your authority on this planet that gives God the right to intervene. Let me say that again. Your prayer is this. Your prayer is the, the right to exercise your authority on this planet. Because who's God given the authority to on the earth? Us, people of God. Say me. Turn to your neighbor and say you. God's given you authority. Go ahead, tell them. God's given you authority. And what happens is you don't want to do it. You know why you don't want to do it? Because you're afraid, I don't want the authority. It doesn't matter. You got it. And you will be accountable for it. Come on. You'll be accountable for it. So prayer is the right to exercise your authority on this planet that, listen, that gives God the right to intervene in your situation. When I pray, it gives God the right to intervene in my situation. It gives God the right to release wisdom and revelation from heaven. It gives God the right to operate in my situation and in my circumstance. It gives right to, to give God the strength to me. The Spirit of God will give me strength and will teach me all the things that I need. Prayer is important. How many of you know prayer is important? Prayer is very, very, very important. So God has taken this and he said, you know what, I want to intervene. But you know what happens is the people that, some of the people that we talk to that says, you know, God, where are you at? They don't understand it. And you know what, it takes the person to be willing to invite God in. We've got to be willing to say, God, I, I need you to be involved in this situation. I need you to be involved in me and in my life. So God operates through man, just like Jesus operated in a man. And some people say, God can do anything. No, no, God can't do anything. There are laws and there are principles and there's precepts that God will not, listen to me, will not violate them. Can he? Probably. But then he becomes a liar. 
And the Bible says he's not a man that he should lie. So there are principles in the word of God and God will not violate them. Right? So who's God using? <laughs> you all are, y'all okay? I know this is pretty deep today. You just go ahead to get the CD and listen to it over and over and over again. Who does God want to use that he's given the authority to? Who does he want to use? That's right. Everybody? Us. Turn to your neighbor and say, God needs you. He wants you. Tell him, say, take your authority and begin to walk in that. See, it's a legal thing. There are legal things, just like a judge in a courtroom. No matter how he feels about you, Miss Lucille, no matter how he feels about you personally, he can't allow his feelings to come involved, be involved. He has to do what the law says. Are you with me? It's the same way with the Word of God. God's principles are, if you obey me, if you keep my commandments, then these things you will have. Are you with me? So the Israelites, when you look back and you think about that nation and the Israelites, they didn't obey God. They didn't keep His commandments. Come on, somebody. They didn't follow after His laws, His statutes. So Jesus preached the kingdom of God is at hand. The, the good news, the gospel of the kingdom. And that's good news. Glad tidings, good news. It's the kingdom. And when Jesus went to every city and every village, guess what message he preached? The kingdom of God. He preached the kingdom of God. He preached the good news of the kingdom of God. And then guess what happened? When he preached the good news of the kingdom of God, healings, deliverance, signs, wonders, and miracles began to take place. So check this out. Jesus preached the good news of the kingdom of God. He declared it. How many of you know it's got to take somebody to declare it? Declare, declare this. Say, it's good news. Say, it's good news. The kingdom of God is at hand. That's good news. It wasn't bad news to them. It wasn't bad news. It was good news. It's, it's good news that the kingdom of God is at hand. I'm telling you, you can turn on the TV and you can find out some bad news. But I want you to know today it's good news. It's good news that when you're sick and depressed and you don't know which way to go and you're thinking about committing suicide, that the kingdom of God is advancing. The kingdom of God has arrived. The kingdom of God is here. And you can say, wait a minute, that's hope. That's, that's, that's strength. That's encouragement. It's good news. It's good news when you see all the bad news. I turned on the news the other day. There was somebody that in Oklahoma City that had, had been shot. I mean, this was a robber. The person, I guess, shot him because he was in his garage. How many of you know there's murders? How many of you know that there's, there's sin, transgressions? There's people hurting physically, mentally, emotionally, and we have to be carriers of the good news. You have got what they're looking for. They're looking for the kingdom. Oh, they're searching for the kingdom. They're after the kingdom of God. They want the kingdom of God. They may not know it, but you got it. You got to say, sister, there's good news. You can break out of witchcraft. You can break out of, uh, of, of drugs and alcohol. You can break out of those things. Anger, jealousy, hatred, uh, unforgiveness, and bitterness. You can break out of those things because there's good news that the kingdom of God has arrived and is Jesus Christ is the foundation of that good news and he is here and does he advance that kingdom for the things of God it's good news 
Woo, hallelujah. Somebody shout good news. Come on, say it again. Good news. One more time. Good news. You've got the good news. The world's got all the bad news, but you've got the good news. Woo. Turn to your neighbor and say, God needs you. Turn to your other neighbor and say, God needs you. I mean, folks need good news. We need the good news. How many times do we come in church and that's all we get is beat, whooped? Now, I understand the correction of the Lord, the discipline of the Lord. And I believe that when God leads us to do that, we also try to wrap it with love. Give me some hope and let me know that God does love you. He does love you. And he'll take you right where you are. But listen, here's the good news. He won't leave you there, sister. He'll bring you up out of Lodabar. He'll bring you at a place where you have never been before. He'll put your feet on a solid rock. And on that solid rock, I stand. And all other ground is sinking sand. The good news is, my feet are on that solid rock. And the kingdom of God is advancing. Woo, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I done preached myself happy. I think I'm going to get my own CD and listen to it and encourage myself and say, that's good news. Somebody say good news. That's good news. So what are we teaching? What are we preaching? Well, what are we saying to people? A lot of times we're, 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 we're teaching on health. That's great. A lot of times we're teaching on faith. Well, that's great too. But is that what Jesus taught the disciples? Let's look at this. If you've got your Bibles, let's look got Matthew 23, 4.23. Matthew 4.23. Jesus was going through all of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. And healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. Turn with me to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. I want to go to Luke chapter 8. Say, it's good news. It's good news. See, what you need is in the kingdom. What you need is in the kingdom of God. What you need is in the kingdom of God. What you're looking for is in the kingdom of God. You're going to find peace. You're going to find strength. You're going to find glory. You're going to find joy. It's love. You're going to find love in the, in the kingdom. You're going to find those things in the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 8 verse 1. Thank you, Lord. Soon afterwards, he began going around from one city and village to another, proclaiming and preaching the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. The disciples were with Jesus, right? Turn with me over to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. He went to every city, he went to every village, and the disciples, the twelve, were with him. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. And he called the twelve together. <laughs> and he gave them power and authority. <laughs> I love this. This kingdom stuff's pretty good. He gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. Look at verse 2. And he sent them out to proclaim. That word proclaim literally means to preach. Word preach literally means to proclaim. It means... It's the same Greek word that you find in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. And it means to preach. To preach the kingdom of God and to perform healings. To preach the good news. This is Jesus taking the disciples and he's saying, I'm anointing you, I'm giving you authority, and I'm sending you out to preach what? To preach what they feel like they're led to preach? 
to preach what the Lord... Oh, but, but brother, you don't understand about my ministry. I had a dream. I don't want to hear about your dreams. I don't want to hear about your visions. Jesus didn't give them an option what to preach. Come on, somebody. But you don't understand about my ministry. I can see Peter now going, well, Jesus, I got this ministry, but you know, and I got a dream the other night I was supposed to have that ministry. Jesus was probably like, be quiet. You preach the good news of the kingdom. He didn't give them an option what to preach. And a lot of times nowadays, it's all about you. It's all about your ministry. It's all about your things. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I got to do this for God, and I got to do that for God. And Jesus took the 12, and he said, no, you preach the good news of the kingdom. You proclaim the good news of the kingdom. I'm giving you authority. Okay, check this out. Luke 9, let's look at, let's look at Luke chapter, or verse 6. And departing, they began going through the villages. I love it. The disciples were obedient. And they began preaching the good news of the kingdom of God and curing those who had healing. And curing those who had healing. They began to preach the good news. They began to preach. It didn't matter. Well, you know what, Pastor? I've got, got a faith message on the inside of me. Jesus was like, the faith message doesn't matter. I want you to preach the good news. In the good news is the faith message. Come on, somebody. Well, Pastor, but you don't understand. i got to tell people about my testimony. i got to share with them where I came from and what I did and where I went and all the things that I went through. No, no. Jesus said, here's what I want you to preach. I want you to preach the good news. Say good news. He wants you to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. That's what I want you to preach. That's what I'm after you to preach. I want you to go out and preach them. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leper. You know, lay hands on the sick and they recover. Speak with new tongues. Cast out demons. Freely you give. Freely you receive. Freely you give. I mean, that was the good news. And we got the good news that we got to deal with. But we got to start letting people know that, hey, we got the answer for the world today. It's not in the government. No, 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 no. It's not in the government. It's not in Obama or Cain or whoever else it is, it's in the government of the Most High God, Jesus Christ, our King of kings and Lord of lords. That's the good news. The good news is the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is advancing. The good news is you're going to come to Christ just because we're praying, we're believing, we're standing in the kingdom of God. The good news is that when you're sick, brother, God's got healing. Amen? When you're broke, He's got prosperity coming your way. you got to get a hold of this message today because it's the good news. Somebody shout good news. It's the good news. It's the good news. We got, we got some good news, man. We got to let them know we got some good news. If you'll believe it and you'll operate in it, it's the kingdom of God and it's good news. You can be healed. You can be delivered. You can be set free. Let me straighten something out on the freedom. Freedom. The good news about the freedom is is the freedom you don't have to sin. It's not you can do whatever you want to do when you want to do it. The freedom is you don't have to sin. You don't have to. <laughs> you got good news, amen? We can get healing. We can get deliverance. We can, we, we, can, we can take care of demons. Come on, somebody. We can walk in dominion. We can walk in authority. He instructed the twelve to preach the good news. And the same way he did with the 70. He instructed the 70 to preach the good news. See, when Jesus came in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, and he said the kingdom of God is at hand, he literally means the kingdom of God is here, it's now. The fullness will come when Jesus comes back. Are you with me? 
But you operate in the kingdom. You operate in dominion. You operate in rule. And, and you, you, you have dominion over the situations and the circumstances were there. Well, you know what else he was saying? He was saying to the devil, it's over. He was saying, it's over. Depression, it's over. Disease and sickness, it's over. Come on, somebody. He was saying to the devil, it's over. Confusion is over. Sickness is over. Hopelessness, it's over. Somebody say, it's over. You know, poverty, it's over. Lack, it's over. No longer do you have to bow down to what he wants. You now have the kingdom of God. It's at hand. It's within you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's the fruits of the Spirit because the kingdom of God is advancing. And Jesus said, it is now over. You don't have to bow down to the kingdom of darkness no more. You don't have to step into those situations. You don't have to be held by bondage because God said I sent my son whoever believes on him shall not perish but have everlasting life hey that is some good news to me today I got some good news as I want to tell you I got some good news there's some good news today there's some good news it's not about the government it's about the government of God it's about the kingship it's about the lordship it's about the good news from God give him some shout of praise in this place today hallelujah hallelujah the kingdom has come into my life and I'm glad for it. The kingdom has come into my life and I'm glad for it. And now what God wants to do is He wants to release you. He wants to release you to go and advance the kingdom. He wants you to release you to destroy the works of darkness. He wants you to release you to pull down the kingdom of witchcraft. He wants to release the kingdom of light to overcome the kingdom of depression, the dark side, those things. It's the kingdom of light that God is establishing here today. Give the Lord a shout of praise in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're advancing the kingdom of God. Say